everybody. It is Sunday, and I'm here. And so, as you all know, I'm your nooner every Sunday. So I appreciate you tuning me in. And the Vikes are playing today. And your thoughts, Ellie, with... <laughs> With all the hurrah that has been around. I know, we're, we're playing Taylor it. Swift's team today, right? <laughs> exactly. It's just kind of like, come on. Those board, billboards, though, that my talk came out with, they were very, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Beat, yeah. beat Taylor's friend, Taylor Swift's boyfriend. They're they're very funny. I'm enjoying the psychosis of the NFL coverage right now. Oh, are they, have they brought that up? Oh, Our like, billboards? Oh, no, uh, on our billboards, well, we I know we did those billboards, but the NFL coverage themselves, they just keep running Taylor Swift's like ads oh. for her movies oh, okay. and taping of her. Even Travis Kelsey like released a statement that was like, can we cool it on the really? Taylor Swift coverage? That is unbelievable. Oh, I thought maybe that, that my talk's billboards got on national TV. No, 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 no. That's oh, darn. <laughs> darn, darn, darn. No, they're a little bit too uh, big money for us. <laughs> Oh well, you never know. You never know. Oh, I'd somebody love to needed chat to with Travis Kelsey. Well, somebody needs to do a leak, you know, as far as take a picture and then send it to the national people and say, "Hey, look what they're doing in Minneapolis." That's <laughs> true. That's true. So I don't know, but anyway. So how did your week go? Oh, it's it's been pretty good. I'm really enjoying the drop of weather. I'm uh, <laughs> looking. I'm looking forward to a busy week. It's it'll be fun. Project down and dirty. Oh, that's I get right. to be sitting back here. It's not as interesting, but I can watch the live stream. Oh, and, you can. Oh, yeah, cool. and see everyone playing pickleball. So that'll be fun. My mom's. Uh, she's going to the Emmys this week, and because really? my, my dad's out of town, I'm going with her. Really? Yeah. So oh, I'm, look I'm at you. You're going to the real Emmys. Yeah. Well, you know. She she did get nominated for a few. She did? Yeah, she did. She, she got nominated in, uh, I think, three categories. For what? Uh, for her sh- new show, Taste Buds. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Now, where's that? L.A.? Oh, oh gosh, I don't remember. <laughs> you don't know where you're going? Well, it's somewhere in Minneapolis. It's like, I think it's either the convention center oh, or... Oh, you're not going to like New York or uh, L.A. or whatever. No, 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 no. It's oh, like the, okay. the Midwest uh, Emmys, ah. you know. Wow, is that boy? Your mom has got to be just a smiling. That yeah. is way cool, and you got to be very proud of your mom. I'm very proud of her. It's that that show. You know, it's it was hard fought and won over a long career of just sitting through media slag. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. it's really good to see it catch on so quickly and people enjoy it. Oh, that is so cool. Well, it's all about cooking. Ever since COVID, everybody wants to cook this and cook that. And Yeah. Now, personally, I did the opposite. When I just said, you know, I really don't need to eat. I can lose some weight. I don't, you don't know. <laughs> my husband has started watching these cooking shows and I'm like, really? Now, he's a farmer. So, you know, he's got to do something. If there ain't something outside, well, then he's going to start cooking. And he's come up with some pretty weird concoctions. I said, did you learn this from TV? <laughs> Does he have my mom's book? Uh, no. Uh-uh. We got to get it for because uh, that whole book's based off her gardening in northern Ely. Okay. So it's a lot about like canning and using up tomatoes. <laughs> okay, yeah, using up tomatoes. He, might, he froze all our tomatoes. He What does he do, blanch them or what? I don't even know what the proper word yeah, is. Yeah, use them in sauces the skin, all year yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I told my husband when he married, because yeah, I knew you know, he was a farmer, right? Mm-hmm. I said, I don't do kitchens, kitchens well. <laughs> I, I, I'm a good cook. I don't bake. That is tough for me. Yeah. And I don't can, but I can freeze stuff. <laughs> and so, but not a lot of stuff. Okay, so I came with some ground rules, and apparently it was okay. What they were going to be married forty years this year. So, <laughs> hey, that seemed to work. Yeah, no kidding. And like I said, it's only now since he's uh, cut back on work that he's actually in the kitchen. He makes a doggone good breakfast. I mm. love good breakfasts. Yeah, what is it with men and breakfast? breakfast I know. If, if they cook anything, it's it's a big breakfast. Well, you know, I think it stems from 
you know, they're usually hardworking. You got to go to work. Da, da, da. If you start the day with a really good breakfast, mm-hmm. then that can last your partner all day. You can just eat your bologna sandwiches at lunch and maybe, uh, you know, skipping's, you know, because it stays with you for a long time if you make a good breakfast. So, yeah. Get started with some protein. Like pop t- tarts or whatever the heck they are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like a pop tart. That's dessert, though. There you go. There you go. I haven't had one of those in a long time. Yeah. I, I never was a fan, though. Uh, they don't just didn't taste right. Now, uh, waffles out of the toaster. I could eat them. I just put the butter on it, and they're a walking sandwich. <laughs> Did you ever get the toaster strudel? Oh, those were yeah, very see, that's, tasty. That's just a donut you could that's put in the toaster. <laughs> very tasty. Okay, folks, we have a special show today. I've got a guest in studio, and I'm happy to have him here. It's Dr. Ralph. I've known him a long time. I used him a couple times. Uh, one of my dogs, Ben, uh, he helped me out with. But anyway, so we're going to be talking ultrasounds versus x-rays and what is ultrasound and what information you can get out of it. And, then, and please uh, be free to call in your questions um, for Dr. Ralph and he'd be happy to answer them. So that's one thing great when we have a person live in the studio that they can actually take some questions. And I don't think he's a uh, uh, a wallflower. I think he's a sunflower. <laughs> he could shoot from the hip pretty daggone good. He knows what he's talking about. So anyway, and there's, I don't have any announcements other than I, I'm just hoping, hoping that we can win today. My one best girlfriend, she's, um, uh, Kansas City Chief. Chief, she was brought up. That's her whole family's eat, live, and breathe that. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Sue, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, she's just rathering that. Oh, we play the Vikings today. We're yeah. going to kick your butt. <laughs> I'm trying to have high hopes. I got a friend coming over to watch the game because it's a great time for us because yeah. we get to be home and see I the know, whole thing. I know. That's what I was thinking. You know what's so cool? Because today is so pretty. I used to have a TV back in the day, and I know if I went through it, I could do it, that I would just wheel out onto the uh, out, out front of the school. And I'd, yeah. be, I'd be, yeah, I'd be a watch, sit and, sit and watch it a little bit and then go do something, sit and watch it. But I'm outside. And today would be a beautiful day to watch it outside. Mm-hmm. But I don't have that capabilities anymore with these flat screens. I'm always scared that I'm gonna, it's going to tip and crash if I don't anchor it right. And so now I'm just going to have to, you know, Fuck it up. Say, all right, okay, I can do this. I'll just run in the living room, watch for a little bit, go outside, do something, run in the living room, come back out. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's a good enough game where that's going to be a problem for you. (laughs) (laughs) Point well taken. (laughs) I I could turn it on. Like, uh, I don't know if you grew up. I grew up with my grandpa Pierre. That every Sunday when we were over there, he'd wa- listen to the twins on the radio mm-hmm. on his little transistor radio. We'd be out, you know, putzing in his little tiny yard, and he, you know, and I still remember today on the radio, it's, and it's a swing and a miss for Harmon Killebrew. Harmon Killebrew, and I, it just it resonates every time. I, I just smile, and we used to. He never watched the baseball games. He preferred to to uh, listen to him. Yeah. And so uh, then, and I only thought, that, you know, of course I was young at the time, I only thought there was two teams in, in the, uh, playing baseball, and that was the Twins and Detroit Tigers. Because the only time <laughs> I ever got to see a game was with the Twins and the Detroit Tigers uh, grandpa brought us to. And so it, t- it took me a while to realize there was other teams. In the, <laughs> the world's biggest rivalry. Yeah, yeah I just thought it just wanted to be back and forth between these two teams. But that's another thing I thought of today, that I could put it on the radio you know, and put it outside, mm-hmm. you know, and then I can either do other things. And, and because the commentary on the radio is a lot neater. Yeah, you know, I like it. Yeah, it's 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 almost I know some people that turn down the volume of the radio. I mean, the TV and turn up the radio. They'd rather listen to the radio playing the game than, you know, so it's, it's different. So 
Anyway, so hopefully you guys got some questions. So we're going to be talking to Dr. Ralph when we come back, and we'll start out with that, and then we'll open up, open it up for questions for him. And of course, you can ask me questions too if you got you know a dog or cat question, no iguana questions. I, I'm not versed on iguanas. I'm very admire, I admire them greatly, especially big ones. But anyway, so we got the joke. We're to start out with the joke today. Oops. Okay, I gotta put my glasses on. <laughs> I was missing something. I didn't have my glasses on. Okay, here we go. Okay. Ta-da. All right. Okay. What kind of doctor treats ducks? What kind of doctor treats ducks? Hello. Thanks for staying with the KDK9 show. Appreciate it. Here every Sunday, noon to two. Okay. What kind of doctor treats ducks, Ellie? Uh, there's a, like a quack doctor. That's a phrase, right? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. He hit it right on the head. A He's quack. a quack. Quack doctor. There you go. Oh, we didn't even give Dr. Ralph a chance on that one. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> watch him lift your mic up a little bit. You got to almost eat the mic, you know, so everybody hear you out there. It's true. Okay. Yeah. You got to oh, eat, eat the mic. There you go. Okay. Dr. Ralph is in the room. Um, thank you for coming, Dr. Ralph. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, that's good. Now we got to, I know who you are. Well, we got to explain to my listeners who you are. So, uh, you're a veterinarian, uh, the veterinarian, but you chose to, uh, specialize in ultrasounds, correct? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I was a veterinarian first and I went back to university, um, uh, after vet school. I was out practice for a little while. <clears throat> went back to university, um, to do um, a residency in radiology, dealing with x-rays, ultrasounds, radiation therapies, et cetera. Okay. And then uh, saw an opportunity to come out and try something different, which was a mobile diagnostic ultrasound. Okay. So my primary business for the 28 years here now is I travel from clinic to clinic every day, and I do abdominal ultrasound, echocardiography, just ultrasound of the heart, read x-rays, get biopsies. Oh, you do echocardiography? Echo, yeah, that's easy. Echo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, my mouth sometimes does not work. Yeah, I do. That's probably fifty-fifty or whatever, whether it's heart or abdomen. What I do. Okay. And um, I help get biopsies, uh, uh, fine needle aspirates, um, read X-rays with them. Um, uh, try, I try and help them get diagnostics that they would otherwise have to send you elsewhere to do. Okay. Oh, cool. And so now, um, let's explain. Oh, well, first of all, um, now you live here. Where do you live? I uh, live out in Bloomington. Okay. Yeah. And so you don't have a clinic per se, right? You just no. kind of travel. Yep. Okay. Are you married? Yep. No, I right. got, uh, uh, well, two kids are, one's 18 now and uh, the other one's 21. Okay. So. Any marriages or anything? Yeah. She's, my daughter's married. My, my son is not. Okay. okay. He's in, uh, he's actually in welding school right now, which he's oh, nice. just loving. So. Well, that's good. We need new blue, more blue collar workers. He's going to make yeah. more than a CEO when he gets out. Yeah, <laughs> he's really enjoying it. It's perfect for him. He's a, yeah, just, yeah. I'm really happy for him. Okay, and do, do you have any animals? Yeah, well, right now um, I got six cats in the house. So my oh, daughter, wow. my daughter has uh, uh, one that was a uh, uh, born to a litter that we were we had a um, a pregnant female okay rescue, and she kept one of him one of them. And we have another one that was older, was a previous rescue, <laughs> born in the household as well. And she just got a sphinx kitten about uh, oh, really first. Yeah, and uh, she's. Uh, uh, she's probably eight months old or something like that right now. Really fast, really skinny. <laughs> um, uh, and then I, we have a little one we just adopted who has spina bifida. Oh. And she's only about maybe six months old, but she's learning to use those rear legs really well, and she keeps up with everybody else. Oh, so wow. It's really fun to watch her because she's got a lot of personality and a lot of 
um, let it let it go in her. And then um, two older cats. One is a Siamese. There's that, a lot of talking there. Yeah, she's actually pretty quiet. Oh, huh. she actually has seizures, and Ooh. that's our that's our biggest problem with her. Is she has a pretty good seizure every once in a while, and we got we got our meds for that, and we've had to kind of work with that over the years. And then we have another one that was a stray of. So we got a house full of strays, basically. <laughs> yeah, so, so. Well, that's good. No dogs, no iguanas, no fish. No dogs right now. We had uh, had a um, previously had a dog that was a, a retired guide dog. Oh, and um, his name is Lawford, and, and uh, Lawford, that's a good and, name. And uh, we had it kind of at thirteen years old because mm-hmm. nobody else wants to take a thirteen-year-old yeah. lab. Yeah, and uh, he was fantastic. Just but his back gave out on him, and we got him to about fifteen and a half, oh, which is nice. pretty good for a big lab. That is, yeah, that is very good. Yeah, he was perfect for a big uh, lab. Anything over fifteen is a gift. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean uh, thirteen is a gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was an extraordinary dog. He was oh. just really fun to have around. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I lost. I had uh, this year. I had lost a horse, thirty-six-year-old horse. Oh. And um, a 14-year-old uh, Gilligan Yorkie Karen Terrier, and then a 19-year-old cat. And I know everybody. I, I you know, I have, I've got chickens. And anyway, um, and I had this favorite chicken, and I loved that chicken. And she met with an accident, and it just crushed me. And all that within four months. Oh. So yeah, so I'm dogless, horseless. I got four cats. So, okay. Yeah, there. Anyway, well, okay. Okay, so ultrasounds. Explain what an ultrasound does. Well, an ultrasound is kind of like a, uh, it's like a high-tech fish finder, basically. <laughs> um, um, the ultrasound, we're talking ultrasound, you're, we're talking about sound frequencies. The human ear can hear from something like 100 <laughs> cycles per second to 20,000. And we're talking about diagnostic ultrasound. We're talking about numbers like 2 million to 12 and a half or even higher million cycles per second. Oh, wow. So it's way beyond the capacity of ear to hear. Um and what it does is that there's little crystals in the in the in the probes, and um, you set the probe on on the animal with some sort of coupling. Usually, uh, either I use alcohol a lot, uh, but there's gels that we can use as well. Um, and and the and the crystals we pulse they pulse uh, electricity through. They vibrate and they send out a pulse of sound into the tissue, which then, as it hits various spots in the in the body, will kind of reflect back some ultrasound to the probe. So the probe then also, as the sound comes back, it, it causes a distortion of those crystals, which sort of reverses the current. Um, and so by computer processing, um, it sends out a pulse uh, of sound. It comes back. The, the machine can determine how much came back, how powerful it was, um, give it a sort of a brightness or a darkness to put on the screen. And by knowing how the speed of sound in tissue, it can put that blip at a certain distance. And by doing that at, at extraordinarily high speeds, um, they can start to create a picture. Wow, that's interesting. That is crazy. And so um, now, then, now an X-ray, what's the difference of an X-ray to... X- X-ray is going to be radiation. It's going to be ionizing radiation. Um, it, they've gotten over the years, they've gotten a lot safer because they were able to do a lot lower dosages, a lot lower powers uh, to get through and get good pictures. X-rays are going to give you um, sort of a shadow image. Uh, when we lay an animal on the table, or yourselves for that matter, um, and pulse it with an X-ray, it goes through, hits a plate. It can either be electronic or even film, although film has pretty much gone away now. Really? Um, and, and it creates shadow and different tissues have different density so air would be almost no density so it'll it'll show up it'll expose the film and become black um 
uh, it's fat. It will have a little bit of density. It'll be lighter, a little lighter gray. Um, uh, soft tissue like um, liver, kidneys, um, bladder, urine, um, heart, um, and muscle tissue will be what we call soft tissue. That'll be kind of a medium. Then you have bone, which is going to be pretty bright white, and then metal, which would be um, you know pure white. Okay. So now uh, ultrasound versus uh, uh, x-ray. To me, an x-ray is like for a broken bone. And for me, uh, in my mind, in uh, understanding things, is that an ultrasound will tell you more what's going on, like with the kidney, the liver, you know what I mean, to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, the x-ray is a good place to start, a lot of places. Um, there's there's limits to every type of imaging, whether it be um, x-ray, ultrasound, CT, MRI. Uh, every, everything has their pluses and minuses. Um, with x-ray, what's nice about it is that you, it can see lung tissue. Uh, you can see, it gets a pretty good detail there. It can give you just general concept of, is the heart look too big? Is there fluid in the chest? Is there fluid in the abdomen? Okay. Can you see the edges and the size of the liver, the spleen, okay. kidneys, et cetera? Okay. So I guess it's a good jumping off spot. Um, um, but it is just a shadow picture. The ultrasound will give you actually um, uh, like a cross-sectional anatomy, if you will. Like you took a slice through it, and this is what the kidney would look like if you oh. sliced through it at that point. So okay. you can see more internally into the organs. Okay. It doesn't, however, look do well with air. Um, so air is kind of a, a, an interference. Gas in the bowel is, can, can be an interference. Okay. Uh, and it's not going to be as good with looking at bones. Okay. So those are the limitations there. But for organs, ultrasound is better than X-ray. Yeah, I think. Well, I think. I mean, personally, I'm prejudiced about it a little bit. But <laughs> yes, it, yeah, you can see through it. You can see into it. I can take an X-ray, and the liver looks to be might look to be maybe a little enlarged. But with the ultrasound, um, I can we can t- actually see is there is there a mass in there? Is there a tumor? Is there a cyst? Is it look normal? And it's just sort of a positional thing oh, that makes I it see. look large. Okay. Um, you can see inside it, and 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 yet even possibly get you know biopsies and aspirates of things that we see. Oh, see. okay. So, um, because I, I wrestle with this sometimes that. Uh, as far as okay, they want they say an X-ray. When I said, well, you know, in my mind, it's like, well, we're looking at a particular organ, is what you're thinking about. I said I would rather do an X, uh, an ultrasound than than an X-ray. And so, but then the vet sometimes talking into, well, let's do an X-ray first, and then do and and, and the consumer is looking like, well, you know, bigger bang for my buck. Well, yeah, I guess I would say it depends on what your what what the problem is. If it, if you're thinking. Um, I, I got a, a younger dog or a cat. We might be thinking, say, we're suspicious that we have bladder stones. Okay. Yeah. The x-ray can give you an idea of maybe the density of the stones, but it, ah. there are some stones that might not be able to see. I see. Whereas the ultrasound is going to be able to see everything, but may not be able to give you much other information as far as how dense it is. And, and, and that density of the bladder stones might be important as far as what diet and things you pick. So the ultrasound will be better for like, in case we got to do surgery or something like that, we could actually see what we're looking at. It gives you, yeah, it gives you that. It's also, and x-rays are very often, uh, often recommended if somebody's suspicious that there might be tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times tumors will spread or metastasize to the lungs. Yeah. The x-ray will give you a, a better indication of that. Oh, interesting. It's got to work hand in hand. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So um, what made you decide to go into radio, you know, to this, uh, to ultrasounds? Uh, well, again, it was a, it was something we had at, at the U, but it was still, we weren't, nope. we weren't we, it was pretty new even back then. And, um, and we were just, and technology was getting better. And then 
the clinics didn't have it. They didn't have the ability to, right? you know, exp the expense of the equipment or right. the training. Yep. And so it seemed to be an opportunity to come in and do something with it. Okay, hold on to that thought. If you've got some questions for Dr. Ralph, please, or myself, please call in 651-641-1071. 651-641-1071. What do you get if a pig studies karate? What do you get if your pig studies karate? We'll be back. It's a fabulous fall day, and Gary's kids have made spectacular jumps into the pile of leaves. Mm-hmm. Now next up is Gary himself. This dad looks confident. Sure does. He's running and, oh, no, he's pulled something. Oh, he is airborne, and he's headed straight for the... Ooh, wow. If only Gary had joined the Y and prepared his muscles and mind with a free fall fitness assessment. Yeah, that would have been a good choice. Get ready for fall. Yes, that's right. At ymcanorth.org. All right. Okay. What do you get if a pig studies karate? Dr. Ralph will ask you first. Ding, ding. Oh, he's not. Is he turned on? Yeah. There you go. Okay. Say it again. Uh, I'm going with pork chop. Ding, 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 ding. Did you come up with that too, Ellie? Oh, yeah. Pork that's chop. a little low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> pork chop. Pork chop. Yes. I love pork chops. I really do. Because you mm -hmm. can do so much with them. You know, is you can do rubs, you can do mushroom, cream of mushroom soup with them. You could do sour. Oh, I love sauerkraut and pork chops. Oh, yeah. Really good. Perfect for fall, too. Like, yeah. all pork fall dishes are yeah. just great. But ironically enough, when people have get-togethers and do, like, pulled pork, I do not like that. Because it doesn't mm. taste like anything. If you put the uh, sauce on it, barbecue sauce... Yeah, it tastes like something. Yeah, it tastes like barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's I don't know why you can make a pork chop really stunning, and even a pork roast, but somehow that poured, pulled pork stuff. Oh, well, what can I say? Okay, we got some callers on the line. Who's up? Well, first up, we have Mary, who uh, wants some tips on practices for creating a puppy. Ah, okay. Hey, Mary, how you doing? Well, I'm, I'm fine, I guess, unless I've you that I've just spent uh, two days with this very, very large puppy, and um, the parents don't believe in crates, and so this dog has eaten a number of things, including a bottle of olive oil that she brought over to the couch and decided to bite into it. And Get out of here. She's going to have a great personality. She's got a sweet, sweet personality. This is my, uh, this is my son and daughter-in-law's dog they're adding her to the family that just had a new baby so a fourth oh, baby and another dog that's a golden doodle who's just merely tolerating this but anyway we, while while daughter-in-law was away with the children i've been helping with this situation and um and we've uh, sneakily went and got a um a very large the extra large crate this dog is going to be part great it's part great Pyrenees, so it's probably going to be 120 pounds fully grown. She's very tall, beautiful face, lovely personality. But um, so we went and got a, a crate and, and kept her in it and just brought her out a few times. And uh, you know, she got to see us. We talked to her. It was wonderful. She seemed so content. But my son is convinced that we're doing psychological damage to her. And I said, No, Katie Canine says crates are wonderful. You need a crate. You need a crate. Because okay. what, first, what you can tell them is that dogs are denning animals. They want their back covered. They they like the the safety of enclosement. Okay, especially when they mm -hmm. go sound asleep at night. All right. But the thing is, is that a crate is not only for 
your mental, whereas you don't want to kill the dog because what it ate or what it ate and it's going to kill them. Okay. You have control of the situation until the pup. Now, how old is the pup? Uh, about five months, uh, but they just got her two weeks ago, and she's eaten about seven or eight shoes and, oh, and a bottle of uh, olive oil and some a baby pacifier, all the Barbie toys. Uh, yeah, she's done a number. That dog might be seeing Dr. Ralph <laughs> because of everything <laughs> he's swallowing. He might, he's going to have to have something done here. But uh, the, uh, the, uh, the problem is, is that that's what, you know, all that stuff can kill that dog. It can get caught in the digestive system. Okay, and all of a sudden the dog is crashing and it needs a do- abdominal surgery and it's not yeah. cheap. You know, I'd say maybe starts at five grand, if not more. And so the thing is, is that, you know, the, the, the purpose of the crate is to keep the house safe, safe, the dog safe from what he could eat. And then also the dog safe from what the humans want to do to the dog after it destroys all this stuff. Okay, say, so, tell, tell your husband tell tell, what to do. Uh, how often to let it out of the crate for just play? Oh, yeah. So what you're going to do, but see, what happens is that, especially if we got grape here, you know, I'm really... Uh, on the fence here, I wish they wouldn't uh, make mixes with great peers or a breed in itself. But the thing is, is because they were bred to guard something without any human, you know, intervention. They were, they, if they were given a herd of sheep, that you could just put them out with the sheep and walk away, and that dog will never leave that herd of sheep. And so, and they're not totally doing it on their, that's their instinct to take care of that flock, not by with human direction. Okay. So great peers are very independent in, in their thought pattern. And they're also, they need a job. Okay, so what you got to do is that when you got a pup, everybody wants to exercise, exercise, exercise. And that's not what you do. Is You don't exercise the body. You exercise the brain. Mentally, you start doing obedience, start teaching tricks, naming toys. And the more mental that you can input into this dog, the calmer and steadier, and the less that dog is going to get into the shoes and the olive oil and stuff like that. And so that's why mentally they've got to start draining this dog. Now, as far as the crate goes, that's, like I say, just keep the dog safe, keep the house safe, and keep human sane all right so you should feed the dog in a crate when they the, he only gets his food if he goes into his crate during the day if you if he's out he's either on a leash attached to a human or dragging a leash and stays in the same room as the human so the human can keep tabs on what that dog is doing okay if he's going for some ah leave it if he doesn't back off then uh, take a spray gun or you know a water bottle fill it with water set it in stream and blast him in the face and go ah leave it all right. So you've got to set rules and boundaries. You've got to teach words to build respect and trust. So the dog wants to, re, you know, work for that human. All right. And so that's why the crate, the crate is, is not detrimental to that dog's mindset at all. That's a human problem, not a dog problem. Okay. Dogs are going, Oh, I get to go into my bedroom and just hang out for a while. The thing is, is during the day to have a dog that loves his kennel, what you do is uh, you're walking past, put the kennel where it's kind of accessible. You don't, it's not out of your way, like in the back 40. And when you're walking past, throw a tiny piece of treat in there and go, kennel, real happy. Let the dog go in there, grab it. Sometimes you close the door behind him. Maybe go get a drink of water. Come back, open it up. And so you want the dog that when you prop the kennel open, that he's happy to go in there and use it even when he's not asked to be in it because he loves the enclosure of it. Is it a plastic one or is it an all-wire one? 
It's a wire one. Okay, the problem with the all-wire one is dogs are denning animals. Okay, now in the human world, we're thinking, oh, look, you're in a kennel, but you can see everything, and all well, the world's okay. The dog's world is like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I am going to get eaten. I'm enclosed, and I don't feel, you know, where my back is covered. So the big thing, if you're going to use, a, you know, a, a wire kennel, push it into a corner so one side is covered and the back side's yep. covered. And then put three-quarter-inch plywood on the top of it. Because what happens with those kennels, if you would put your head in there and ding it with your shoulders, dogs here are 300 times better than we can. And if dog, those kennels are very tinny-sounding. So every time they move, it's like this teeny thing. So by putting the three-quarter-inch plywood on the top, it puts weight on it, and it's not as tinny. And so it's three-quarters of it is covered, so that feels more denning to the dog, more happy. A lot of people want to put, like, a blanket over it, or they got these kennel surrounder things but the problem is a lot of dogs especially a puppy will find a corner pull it in and start eating that and so you don't want that uh if you don't have a corner to put in then you get some cardboard and you zip tie it to the sides and create your own enclosed kennel so the dog feels happier you know for it okay but your son has to realize no this is not detrimental to the dog's state of mind whatsoever and so well, you have given me plenty to say. Thank you so much. Okay, well that well good luck then. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye. Or you can listen to the podcast <laughs> that Ellie posts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to get the podcast up from last week. Anyone who's been looking for it, we had some technical issues. Oh, and, really? Yeah. I did not know that. I know you sent me an email about it, but I just assumed it got fixed. So. Yeah. it's well, We're technology. still assuming it will get fixed. Technology. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Let's say that great peer ate something. And so now we took it. He brought it to the vet and they uh, took an x-ray. And they see something. Now, you know, there again, is x-ray better on something like that or is it ultrasound? Um, it, it depends. A lot of times you'll just see something that looks like there's something in the stomach or there might be a suspicious shadow, like a, a segment of bowel that looks like it's too dilated. Okay. That would point towards it. There might be a foreign body there. Okay. Also the clinical signs. Every time he eats, he throws up. Throws up. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, sometimes it's just better to cut to the chase and, and we scan them with the ultrasound. Would it be looking there for, or is if there's a foreign body in there, uh, any of the intestine, we could say call it a word, ORAD, or, or towards the mouth, okay, uh, uh, will be usually dilated, fluid-filled, okay, and you see stuff kind of churning around in there, and then right after the foreign body, it goes to normal. Okay. So if you see this mixed population of intestine, that's usually an indication that there's something there. Time to go, you know, then it's, it gives you an indication you have a justification to go to surgery. Okay. Okay. Is Would an ultrasound be able to tell you if it will, no, well, that's probably in God's hands, but if it would pay, it pass by itself? It, you might get an idea about based on, um, again, based on the history, does it seem to be getting better or is it moving? How long has it been that's been okay, doing this, you, you know? Yeah. If it's been uh, three or four days and they're still doing the same thing, it's probably not passing very readily. Okay, I did a ditty um, on my Katie Katie on Facebook page, and what I did is I posted a corn, you know, a, a ear corn, you know, a sweet corn, you know, just one thing peeled back, so you saw the husk, you saw the corn, and I all I said was, you know, heads up, it's that time corn, you know, corn in the cob time of year, and uh, cobs uh, be. 
cobs are deadly to dogs to, to digest. Yeah. Okay, and uh, anyway, so please dispose of your cobs correctly so your dog doesn't get into them. Okay, you ready for this, Dr. Elf? <laughs> I got 3,147 hits. <laughs> 3 million off a corner cob picture. Not a cute puppy, yeah. not a cute kid, but a cob. <laughs> but anyway, and, and uh, the people that respond, I think it was something like over 2,000 people you know, commented. Well, I didn't get through all of them, but I tried reading them. But the co- the couple of them that was interesting, they said the dog was was kind of off for months, but nothing major. And so they finally brought him in. They took an X-ray. Well, there's something, but we're not sure. And then they put him. You know, then they did an ultrasound, and then they said it was in. You know, the dog had been acting like three, four months. You know, weird. And here they they could see something. And so finally they just wound up, okay, we're going in. So they went in, and they, when they pulled it out, it looked black, but it was a co- cob of corn. Mm-hmm. Is that, how would that, I can't even fathom how that would even major stay in there that long without eventually coming. It's, it's got probably rough surface to it, rough edge, so it just doesn't slide through very well. Okay. Uh, just not enough. Uh, and, 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 the, and the gut around it's getting stretched, so it doesn't have any contraction. Okay. So it just... Just too big to move. Wow. It's pretty. It's a relatively common problem. Actually, one of my cats loves corn, and he did eat a chunk of corn cob. Oh, and we had to get him. He, we were fortunate that we got him to vomit it up pretty quick. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, so. Okay. So, oh, that's an interesting question. Okay, let's say you know my dog ate the cob of corn. You know, I mean, like literally. Right. You know, you caught him in the act. You're not sure how much how many cobs he ate. Could should you make the dog throw up? ASAP. Or what? What would your thoughts be no, on that? I, yeah, that's a, that's a tough call. I, you know, if you know it went down just right now, maybe yes, but okay. but but more often than not, it's probably it, it, it may go through. Oh, okay. You know. Okay, yeah, because that was. Um, I have a cat that's a dog. Her name's Adeline. Spelled A D D A L I N E. Adeline. She's a dog in a cat's body. She will eat anything. She is a garbage can. Yeah. And so I was very careful. We had cob put in her every, corn put in her every night. And I do the same thing with chicken bones or any kind of bone we have bones. Right. I put them in a baggie. I put them in the stove, not with the stove on. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, because our trash is at the end of the driveway. So then when I'm ready to leave, then I grab that stuff and I put it in the trash at the end of the driveway. I'm not taking any chances that the dog or the cat is going to get into that. And yeah. then now I got a vet bill. So Yeah, yeah. My, my my one cat is, is like that too. He'll eat anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, she no, she's nuts. It's old. Gosh. Okay, hold on. Da, 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 da. We got to go to break, and then we come back. Hey, you got a question for myself or for Doctor Ralph? Please give a holler six five one six four one one zero seven one six five one six four one one zero seven one. Okay, what does a cat like to eat at breakfast time? What does a cat like to eat at breakfast time? Once again, thank you for staying with the KDK9 show and sharing your afternoon with me. Okay, what does a cat like to eat at breakfast time, Dr. Ralph? I was going to go with like Pup Tarts. Pup Tarts? Well, there's a cat. That'd be good for puppies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, what do you think there? Um, fish. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, this is what I don't get, you know, with cats. Do you ever see a cat fishing? I have. Why do people think what? Yeah, it's uh. Well, yeah, out of an aquarium. My my Adeline got two of my goldfish on my fifty-five gallon tank and ate them. 
But the thing is, is that where has humanity got to that a cat fishes that you know over a mouse or a, a bird? In Russia, the cats fish. There's like a ton of stray cats, and they fish, and it's bad for the population because everything's polluted. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's a random video I've seen. I'll try to find it and okay. send it to you. Yeah, I was mad. I think we talked about this. My my two favorite goldfish. They were kind of they were like you know high and pretty good buck. You know, high priced goldfish. She couldn't took the the goldfish in there that I paid, you know, a ten for two bu- two bucks that grew into big ones. No, she had to take the one, the individual, the fan tail, and this other real. Ignorant. She's got high end taste. Got, oh, man, I still to this day. <laughs> but anyway, okay. What, what does a cat like to eat at breakfast time? Ready? Yeah. Mice Krispies. Mice Krispies. Oh. Mice Krispies. <laughs> cats around my property need to eat more mice i swear i you check my cams and there's at least four different cats uh like wandering through my yard on oh. any day you can't check my cams without seeing at least one neighborhood or stray cat and yet i still have mice in my house really? tell me that well oh take the cat and put him in your house <laughs> i know i'm i there's a cat pepper who always comes by and i'm sometimes tempted to just be like pepper you want to come inside and sniff right. around yes <laughs> yes he'll do it he'll do it yeah um uh what was it i think it was thursday cat with a k my big black one mm-hmm. okay i was just, just coming out of the house and i noticed he's coming from the field he's got something in his mouth and i'm like oh, okay what you got you got a gopher what do you got he gets closer he gets closer he's got a red squirrel now red squirrels are pretty doggone fast okay so so he walks right past me you know okay and he continues down to the barn Okay, well, now I'm going to go and see, okay, what are we doing here? So we get down there, and he, and he goes to the barn, and he's walking around the barn with the squirrel hanging out of his mouth. And anyway, so the other cats are looking at him like, say, hey, what do you got? <laughs> okay, so finally he stops, and he puts it down, and I'm waiting for that thing to take off, because that's happened before. They put him down, and poof, gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so he slowly places it down, and then you could just see his jaws just slowly taking it away, just ready. If that sucker moves, he's on it. Okay, well, it didn't move. And it's like, okay. Well, then he started the crunching thing. They always eat him from the head. But anyway, so that I couldn't. See, so I left. Okay, about two hours later, I come back down to the barn, and here comes Cat around the corner carrying the red squirrel. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, it's but the miss, it's missing its front half. <laughs> <laughs> so he took the time to eat the front half, but decided he needed to carry it around the farm for a while. <laughs> I didn't understand that at all because usually he would they would eat what they want and then walk away. And then the other cats would come in. Yeah. No. He decided to pick it up after he was done. No, he was too proud to give it up to the other cats. Uh, That's the third red squirrel he's gotten over a year. The third one. Thank goodness. Talented. Oh, yeah, he is. It was really good. Okay, now I'm doing a show here, right? (laughs) What am I doing? Oh, okay. So, uh, okay, we had a a caller that called in and and, uh, dropped off. But anyway, so, uh, Dr. Ralph, early signs of cancer. In dogs, or let's do dogs first. Okay, early signs of cancer. Um, Well, anyone, um, your dog or cat or whatever. um, Things things we look at, if you you have lab work done, potentially, um, we see anemia, um, I see abnormal white blood cell counts, um, um, some changes in in organ function like kidneys or livers. I think the biggest, uh, easiest one to look at was if you've got unexplained weight loss. That's okay. probably a big one. Okay. Um, that you're, or that diet food seems to be working a little bit too well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, where you can't explain the weight loss and, and they're getting thin. Um, 
and it, and and you don't necessarily have to worry about um, or not don't hold age as a marker because I I see cancer and um, animals that are less than a year of age sometimes wow. and sometimes wow. you know they're twenty years old and they have they can have the same disease so right. I think it's, it's unexplained weight loss a change more vomiting um, not eating um, not keeping it down um, any kind of um, bleeding, um, blood in the stool, um, sneezing blood, um, vomiting blood, anything like that would all be indicators. Okay. Plus lab work, uh, high calcium levels, things like that are things we always look for. for the high calcium in blood, yeah. So would that be, if you suspected something like that, obviously, uh, the start thing would be do blood work, correct? A complete yeah, blood, blood profile? Work, yeah, blood work and, and get some organ function to make sure we're not just dealing with, are we dealing with kidney failure or a liver problem or... Something that might give you an indication of that. And plus the blood counts also tell you, what is, are we dealing with infection? Is that what it causes? Okay. Is, or is there, is there more likely, is this, uh, do we have to worry about something like lymphoma or some sort of autoimmune disease, things like that? Okay. Um, now, what is your take on, I've always been preaching on this for about 21 years, people that use lawn chemicals or live in an association that uses lawn chemicals. I read some articles that if you're around the lawn chemical thing, there's a 75% chance higher of some form of lymphoma i don't know that i could tie anything to, to that specifically but i you know like, like anything else again you can you can, you can miss you know minimize your exposure Holder. to something that's not right. not natural that'd be ideal so for your animals if the lawn is sprayed um i would be cautious with them the first couple of days until there's been a good rain or you've good rain. until it's been soaked in pretty well okay turn on the sprinkler it's like we this summer we had no rain yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like get out the sprinkler a little bit because i've told people to they put they say 24 hours a pet can after 24 hours and i've been always telling people no 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 no. either after a good rain right you keep them off of that or you get out there and you hose that stuff down right. i said no and well why would they tell us if it didn't they didn't mean it and it's just like never mind <laughs> animals will walk through the grass and um uh, we don't lick our feet and our right. hands but yep. they do yes and uh that's where they're going to get have more chance for exposure what's the most common cancer in cats i think it's lymphoma, lymphoma. i think dogs too okay really i see a lot of it okay and i know there's a lot of different forms of lymphoma right <laughs> yeah. yeah and so now now uh, would an ultrasound helps yeah uh figure that out yeah, it, it, well, obviously it, it can be isolated, too. A lymphoma can be what we think about with large lymph nodes. Uh, most common would be probably gastrointestinal with the, the, the intestinal being thickened. But I've seen lymphoma. You see it also in spleens, in livers. Uh, it can be in the chest. It can be in the peripheral you know, lymph nodes elsewhere in the body. Um, I've seen it in kidneys. Uh, it, you name it. It, it's not, it's a, it. it can be anywhere. It's, I've always kind of jokingly said that you bring your animal in and everything's healthy, but you still have to say, well, there's always a possibility of lymphoma. Okay. You know, okay. It's, it's, it's everywhere. And I, uh, I think it's just random chance. Okay. Okay. Um, now what's the process of an ultrasound? What does that, is a pet put out to do it? Uh, how is, what's the process? Most of the time, not most of the time I like to try and do them while they're still awake and, and minimize if we need to sedate because they're, they're just too wound up, yes. Right. But um, we don't want to stress them out too badly. But most of the time, I like to at least we just we get them up on a table. Um, uh, we have a lot of times we have these uh, foam troughs, uh, wedge wedge shaped troughs that we can <clears throat> roll them into, and they're pretty comfortable for them. Okay. I usually have uh, usually shave the abdomen 
unless we think there's some reason why we might not want to make day. Maybe they have a problem with the thyroid function or adrenal function. We wouldn't shave then. Okay. And then we scan. Okay, you're gonna don't touch that dial. We're gonna come back with more of it. Dr. Ralph. He's got some stories he wants to share with us. And once again, you can. Are you more than happy to call and ask me a question too? We don't want to bore him too much. <laughs> no, I mean just with me talking all the time. That's all. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Why do elephants like lying in the sun? Why do elephants like lying in the sun?